While we were in prayer this week, um, God began showing us about being aware of the Holy Spirit. And I began to see how many of us have promises that God's promises. We've gotten a word from God and we haven't received the fulfillment of the word yet. Some of us, maybe it's been a long time. Um, why? What do we have to do to get it? Um, and I believe that the the revelation hinges not just on hearing God, but on how what we do with what we've heard from God. And that means that it isn't just I heard him once and now I do something with it. I hear him and I continue to seek and be aware of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Um, you know, we, all, we know the story of Gideon, I'm sure, right? God called him, said, I want you to lead an army. We're going to go defeat the enemy. Um, and he gave him a few thousand people. And God said, that's, that's too many people. And if you're in Sunday school this morning, this goes right in with what Elder Barber was teaching of. We lean to our own strength a lot of times to defeat, to solve our problems. When God wants us to just lean on him. In Judges chapter 7, starting with verse 2, it says, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand. Let lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. So God doesn't want our hands to save us from our problems. Now, therefore, go and proclaim to the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart. And he, you skip on down a little bit, and then he says, Bring them to the water, and if they cup their hands and lift it up and lap it like a dog, we're getting rid of them too. Or keep those, sorry. And if they get down on their knees, get rid of them. And so God showed us two things about the people that he wanted in his army to defeat the enemy, to fulfill his word. One is you couldn't be afraid, and the other is you couldn't forget about your circumstances and surroundings. You, had to kneel, you couldn't just kneel down and forget about everything. You had to be alert, keep your hands cupped, and keep your eyes out. And God's saying that there's, those are really the two things. You can't be fearful and afraid, Jesus, and you can't not be aware of what's going on around you because you never know what God's fixing to do. Our battle isn't dependent on our own ability, but it's on our obedience. And so God had to let go of the people who weren't qualified to be obedient. If you're afraid, you may not obey or you may wait. And if you're not aware, then you don't know what's being said to you. So we have promises, we have battles that we're fighting in our life. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If we have a promise from God, if we've gotten a word from God, we have to, if we have a word from God that he's going to heal us, we have, and we're not healed immediately, we, we have to hear the Holy Spirit about what do I do? How do I go about this? 
And I have to be aware of what the Holy Spirit is doing all the time. And when it's and when it's a critical time when we're trying to hear that we're going through something rough, we have to be very, very careful to hear from God in those. And we see that we see an example of that in David in First Chronicles fourteen. David had defeated the Philistines. He said, God, you want me to go fight the Philistines? God said, yes, he defeated them. The Philistines came back. And the Philistines said, yet again, yet again spread themselves out in the valley. Therefore David inquired again of God, and God said unto them, Go not up after them. Turn away from them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And it shall be when thou shalt hear a sound of the goings in the top of the mulberry tree, then shalt thou go out to battle." Jesus. Father, what do you want to say to us today, God? God, we just thank you today. We thank you and we ask you the direction of this church and this body, God of Freedom Ministries. We thank you for it, Lord. You know, Friday night, uh, Pastor Cindy, from what I hear, she got attacked in her church. And so all that's been going on in me all morning is, where's the authority? Where's the authority in a place? Because if the authority, see, the authority is going to give its life for that. Authorities, it can't have a bunch of irons in the fire. It's going to give its life because those spirits are going to come and they're going to distract, they're, they're going to try to overtake. They're, they know if you've given your life. They know. They know if they can come into your home and wreck your house because you're not taking your authority in the spirit. Or they know if you are. Because the Bible says that the strong man is there. And when that stronger than him comes, he can overtake him. So what is stronger in your church? What is stronger in your house? I know God's teaching a lot of us, but why does that authority think it can come in a place and knock pastors upside the head? What happened in Texas? Why do we look to someone else to... You, you help them because... Well, that spirit just saw you didn't have the authority, and it's coming back for you. Somebody say, the strong man is, whoever's stronger is going to rule the house. Whether it's God in you or whether it's the world in you, whatever is stronger, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, whatever is stronger in you is going to be the ruler of you and of the house. That's why Pastor Pinson used to teach us. She said, deal with those things as they come because they will rise up and overtake. I asked Pastor D one time, I said, I said, when did you know you have to fast? She said, when them spirits come and try to overtake me. That's when I fast. When it comes in and tries to steal my joy, steal my victory, 
put me in a place of defeat, put me in a depression state, when it comes in and it tells me that I'm nothing, that I don't have it, that I don't have the authority, I don't have the power, when the Word of God says I have power over all power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt me. Hallelujah. Who's the authority in your house today? Where's the authority? Where is the authority? Hey! 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 Somebody say, it's in me. It's in me. The authority, the power of God. The power to tread upon serpents. The power to drink any dated thing and it does not harm me. The power to take over cities. The power to take over regions. The power to take my children back for the kingdom of the living God. Hey! Hey! Somebody say, I got the power. Hey! If Pastor Momwell didn't fast and pray, those spirits would overtake him. When I went to Chicago to preach, I thought I'm going to Chicago to preach. Yes, I sought the Lord, but I didn't know I was going into another region. I didn't know I was going into all African environment in Chicago. I was used to preaching for my spiritual mentor, Pastor Deeg. I was real protected there. And then God said, okay, you come over here and preach. And this person sitting in the church, six pews back, took a chair and threw it in my back and threw me across the front of the church. Where was authority? Where was authority? Why could it do that? Because I didn't know what I was coming into. But I know now. And all I had to do was make one phone call. Prayer warriors of Freedom Ministry. The devil attacked me last night. Would you start praying? Because it wasn't me that he attacked. It was the word of the living God. Persecution comes for the word's sake. It's not even about us. If he's making you sick when you're supposed to sing, it's because you got a song for the people. It's not about you. Hey! And if he can defeat you, he'll do it every week. Hey! If he can stop the word, if he can stop the song, if he can stop the power, he's coming after it. Hey! Yay! I said, God, he said, you can stay in this place or you can go up with me. Now, this place is wonderful. I love this place. But he said, you can go up or you can just stay right there. And when I decided in my heart, I'm going to go up, he came and knocked my tooth out. So I couldn't preach. So I just went and got me a fake one and got a priest anyway. You can't care about your pride. You can't care about your dignity. He's not coming after me. He's coming after the word. 
about the call of God on me. Peter and John, I was reading in the Word. Every time they got up and preached the gospel, they got beat. Did you ever feel beat when you got home? Well, maybe you was preaching truth. They said, we don't want you to preach in this name of Jesus anymore. And they said, did we obey man or God? They didn't say, poor pimp of me. I got stripes on my back. Oh, God. Why are you doing this to me, God? They said, we must obey God. And they got up the next day. And they went into the very place where they knew they was going to come and bind them and put them in prison again. And they carried the word in their heart. And they preached daily in the temple. Hey! What's it going to be today? Is it worth it to you? Because in these last days, you're not going to be able to play church. You're not going to say you carry something unless you can prove that you carry something. Because as soon as you say, I'm called to preach. God gave me a church. Oh, it's so good. He's coming to see. So how do we, how do we stop that? First, be aware as pastors preaching today, be aware. Be aware this morning that it's so loud I can't think. Somebody has to be aware in here. Be aware. Be aware. Because those spirits don't stop. If they start in your church service, they'll continue. Because they're the stronger one. No one's taking authority. And it's coming in and it's trying to distract. And it's trying to pull away from the anointing. Somebody has to rise up and say, I know what this battle is. I've seen it every week for 17 years. But I'm not just going to sit down and let him have my church. Hey! Hey! And God, we lift up Pastor Cindy. We know they're doing the work of the Lord at Freedom 3. We know that demon-possessed people are walking in the door. Are you a spectator when that happens? Are you a participator? Do you back up your pastor? Or do you just sit there and see what they have? They might go prove, prove themselves to you. That's a little loud. If you make your they go prove themselves to you. Then you're joining the enemy's side. You're joining the enemy's side. If you're just sitting there. If someone came in here like they did in Texas, like they have before, come in the altar with a knife. Are you aware? Are you aware why pastor don't mingle around the people? Because spirits try to kill her? Are you aware? 
Somebody say, I got the power. God made me aware. Take me out of myself long enough that I can see my pastor's in harm, my elders in harm. They need a breakthrough. I need a help. Hey! Hey! But the next time we went to Chicago, we walked in there and authority did nothing sling its head up against us. The pastor said after we preached, because, you know, when you go to another one's house, it's their house. And I knew I had a breakthrough up for the people. But he got up and prayed for the people, and all that was good. So when it got time that he gave it to me, I just preached. But the heavens opened in the midst of the word. You know, in the Bible, Peter was, would say he would preach. And the Holy Ghost would come down on the people as he was speaking. That's power, isn't it? He didn't have to work anything up. He preached the word and power showed up. Hallelujah. As he preached, the power came and sit on the people. Wednesday night in our home group, we're just preaching the word. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost shows up on a person. And that person, God did a work in their life. And they felt embarrassed. Is that where the churches came to in 2016? Not talking about us. The general church that were embarrassed to break before a living God? That we think something's wrong with bowing our knee? God, help us. Help us, God. Help us to see that you're coming back for us, church, without spot, without blemish. No wrinkles. Hey, operating in the power of the living God. Devil's coming out, blind seeing, ears opening up. Hey, hey, somebody say, I got the power. I got to be aware. Remember the good Samaritan. The lead. The the Levite walked by. The priest walked by. They didn't even notice. They're on their way to prayer. Somebody's half dead. Sister Witt preached it here. Has anybody ever left you half dead? (laughs) Have you ever been in a ditch and it didn't seem like that there was a Christian anywhere that cared? I'm sure that's what this man, there went the preacher. There went the evangelist, and I'm in a ditch. But they had to go do religious works. They had to pretend they had something. They had to go show up for another religious section, another religious meeting. And the good Samaritan, he came by, and he took care of him. Do you notice what's around you? Do you notice the blind men? Do you notice the man in the street? Do you notice there's a city going to hell in a handbasket while we're aware of ourselves and not coming out and doing the work of the Lord? But that is changing in this environment 
this pastor Friday night. Thank God it came to Freedom 3. He told Evangelist Timmy, he said, I never seen nothing like this in my life. See, this is the kind of church right here, Freedom. I know we're in transition. Y'all bear with us, please. Please. But it's not the kind of church. You're, we're either going to go all the way in a service, and I thank God Pastor Casey pulling and pulling today, and I could hear the anointing on him as he was doing that. But we're either going to go all the way, or we're going to feel awkward. Have you ever come in here and you just feel an awkward feeling, and you just want to go? It's because freedom can't operate on that level. Freedom is not a church, as usual. It's, uh, it's designed to go into the supernatural, into the spirit. I believe all churches are. Some pastors don't allow it. I allow it. I want it. Don't want anything short of the power of God. So, in that in-between place, it's going to feel real awkward, and you're going to want to leave. So we can't have that for 40 minutes because people don't want to come back. I don't want to come back to that. So freedom can't operate like uh, religion. It, it just can't. It will not stand that way. Because he said, Peter, who am I? He said, you're the son of God. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. Flesh and blood did not reveal freedom ministries. Pastor Pinson was sitting in a church. God, do something in this city. God, do her with many other of you in different churches. God, do something in this city. Do something in this city. Do you really want him to do something? Because he's got to use you to do it. We can't lay in our beds and sit in our recliners eating bonbons, as Mama used to say. Do something, Brother Arnie. Come on, take the whole region through him. One man can't take this whole region by himself. Apostle Jesus from Honduras, he, he came and he's spoken to my life. And he's, he whispered in my ear, he said, you can't do this by yourself. So, yeah, we all want it. But are we willing to give our life for it? Because those disciples, they left everything. They left it all to do the will of God. Can you leave it all? Because the circumstances in life, they're going to bring us to a place where we're going to choose. You know, that's just the way it is. It's going to bring us to a place that we're going to choose. And if you do this for any other reason than the kingdom and for God and for the love of God, that's coming to be tried. Because a lot of people think that I kept this church because of my mother, you know, that I was willing to give myself for, the, for this vision for her. And that might have lasted like three months. But when you start getting hit with persecution, you're going to have to have a little more than that. There's going to have to be another motive. So what is your motive today to have a church in Hamburg? What is your motive to sing for the Lord, to play for the Lord? I heard uh, Pastor T.D. Jake say, he said he was sitting in a meeting, and it was a pastor's meeting, and a pastor said to a, uh, was teaching, and a young pastor said, how can I make my church grow? And this, this teacher said, 
why do you want it to grow? And he couldn't give him an answer. He said, that's why it's not growing. So T.D. Jake said, it interested me, so I went and asked the teacher afterwards, what was that? He said, well, if the man would have said, I want my church to grow to feed the mission of the Lord so we can go to the nation, so uh, we can win the city, so we can have more community service for the city. But he couldn't give me a real reason. So he said, I assume, because he didn't know, he just wanted to stay up with the other pastors in town. He just wanted a position and forgot about the mission. He wasn't even focused on a mission. He was too focused on a position. So what is your mission? What is your mission? Not what is Michelle. You know, when I start pastoring, they say, oh, you, they tell mama she's laid up in the hospital in Shreveport. And they'd say, oh, if your daughter don't do it, you have a granddaughter that will. What about you? Someone says, Pastor, I know you're called for Africa. What about you? Go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And then the end shall come. Amen? What about you? Yes, we have different calls, but if we're always looking to our neighbor to fulfill something in their life and, and we just want to ride the fence, that fence is fixing to be knocked out. Listen to what I'm saying. It's fixing to be knocked out from under us. And then we're going to see what our real anchor is. As Evangelist Tim is getting a revelation of anchors. We're going to see where is your anchor. What is your purpose in this? What do you do it for? What do you give your money for? What do you give your time for? Because when it's out of the right purpose and the right, mo- right motive, it's not going to be uh, grievous. The word said, he says to obey my commandments. They're not grievous to you. If it's grievous to you, check out your motive. Why am I doing it? Because pastor said, well, it's, it's got to go deeper than that at this point. If you've been doing it for a while and you're just doing it because pastor said, then say, God, you know, Rhonda came to me. She was released from Wednesday night. I'm proud of her for coming and saying that. She ain't just going to say, no, I'm going to stay in this for five, hour, five more years. Pastor said, pastor said, no, that was a season. That season's up for her. It's good because she's doing other things. She connected the ministry with some pastors in Monticello, and we met with them yesterday, and they want to join up with Freedom 3 on Friday nights. She's doing other things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We give you praise, God. We thank you today. Help us to be aware of our environment. Help us help Freedom Ministries to see what are we coming here for. Are we coming for Michelle to produce the power? Are we coming to learn how to produce it ourselves? Because if we run from the power, then the enemy overtakes our house. Do y'all understand? Pastors ain't going to be there at 2 in the morning. Most the time. I have to know. I have authority. I have power to say, get out of my house. And when you do new things, he's going to show up in new ways. So he challenged her. He said, Pastor Cindy, come to my house. So see, sometimes we can solve it by going on to their house. Then they won't do that to us in public. But we have to go on to their house then. Come, come over to my house. Well, 
she showed up at church and just hitting the pastor. Usher wasn't there that night, so we have to have an usher in place. Amen? So what are you doing it for? What are you doing it for? So you can have a position, so you can have a name, or for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. Somebody say, I'm doing it for the kingdom of God. For the gospel to be preached around the world. That's why I give my money. You know, I'm at a place right now in my life where there's four or five people calling, wanting our anointing. They want our anointing. They want us to kind of go under the yom. And I, I called one last Monday. I said, what is this prayer line about? I said, what's the end result of this? What's your vision in it? Because there's been a price paid for this vision. And we don't want it prostituted. I said, I have elders that are concerned right now of what you want this army for. Oh, I see this army praying in Washington, D.C., all for America. Okay. Who's going to lead this when you're not doing it anymore because you're an apostle? So if I join a whole prayer army with you, what is, what's your intentions? It's okay to say that. What's your intentions, Pastor Cindy, before I join with you on Friday night? What, are you going to be with me next year? Are you going to still be there, Evangelist Team in Street Ministry? Or are you going to just leave me hanging? Because, see, a lot of people don't want to commit because they've committed and people quit on them. And they don't, they don't want to get involved in that. They don't trust that. So they have to see a clear vision. What they really have to see is when they walk into a, a church, they know who's the authority. Steve Hagel used to say it to me. Different people would preach, and I, I'd say, okay, and... You know, Evangelist Timmy would be so good. He'd be so good. And i say, God, you know, I could have been like a lot of pastors. I better not let him back up there because the people's going to want to follow him. No. Steve Hager would say, I love to hear him preach. Would you please tell me when he's preaching again? Yes. He, he preaches about once a month right now. I'll tell you. And he turned around one day. He said, but pastor, we still know who our authority is. If you're a leader, do they know that you're the authority? Or do you ask them for help? Do you teach a class and say, what do y'all need? Or do you know what they need? When you come into that environment, are you the head and not the tail? Do they say, there's a leader, there's somebody that knows the calling of God on their life. And they not only know what they're supposed to do, they know what I need. Because they're the one leading me. Hallelujah. They're leading they're leading this kitchen back there. They know what I need to do. They don't ask me. You know, it's okay to ask, but really, you should ask somebody a, a higher, I don't know how to say that, superior, but don't ask your coworkers if you're the boss because they lose confidence. You can ask for their suggestions, but don't know your own, don't not know your vision and go say, what do y'all think? Don't lead a drama team and expect them to, to do all the work. And you didn't come in there with no leaderships, with no leading. Don't lead a, a praise team and ask them to do all the work for you. They're, why do we follow Jesus Christ? Because he went first. He went first. He didn't tell you to go somewhere he didn't go. 
He didn't tell you to die on a cross that he wasn't willing to die on. He didn't tell you to take up your cross daily and then he didn't go die on one. He didn't look for a position. When they said, we want to make you king, he said, I'm not a king. I'm not here to be king. I'm here to die in three days, be risen again. I'm here for a purpose. How many of us, if someone said, oh, Demetria, I want to make you king today, we would say, I really appreciate that honor, but that's not my purpose. I'm here to sweep the kitchen. That sounds pretty good, don't it? It's from Johnny's. I'm, I'm here to sweep the kitchen. I know my purpose. See, when you know your purpose, no one can come and say, uh, that's not what you're supposed to do. What? God said, know your purpose today. Know your power. Know your authority in your purpose. Sometimes we think when our authority leaves, if they'll just go for a day or two, I can have free reign. I've been there before. I, God, I just, I feel like I'm squished. I feel like I'm squished. And then pastors say, I want you to be over the church. And then I was like, oh, I love it when you're there now. I love it when you're there. Because when my wings started stretching, I needed some authority. Amen. So I just want to encourage you today to say, you have the power, you have the authority, but if you don't operate in it, the stronger one's coming to take your land. He will take your church, he will take your home, he'll take, and he comes in little ways. Little foxes spoil the vine. Little foxes. Distractions. If you don't take authority over distractions, then it's going to take authority over you, and then you're going to have a spirit of distraction in your ministry. We start at 8 o'clock here. Wait, that's too loud. Wait on that. What is that? That's authority. And if that authority is not there, then the other spirit just never stops. And you can tell if the anointing's on someone in five minutes. If it's not on them, give it to somebody else because it's not going to get any better. You're just giving that spirit room to, to have authority in the midst of your, in your home group or wherever. Someone wants to pull it off to their vision. Pull it back. Take authority. Somebody said, I got to take authority. Because what's going to happen if I don't? The stronger one? Strong man is coming. That, that, that person that's got that distracting spirit or controlling spirit or witchcraft spirit or Jezebel spirit or murdering spirit. It's going to see how close it can get to you. And so when you say things like, if someone's always doing this to you, you say, please don't, don't do that to me. You just took authority. If, if you're a, a, you know, when, when I first started pastoring, a couple spirits would try to hug me and with a lust, lust hanging. You ever had that hug? Let me expose him today. Because I'm taking authority. And then just lust go all down your back. They just stripped you and molested you right in the middle of church. I looked at that, that person, and, and he had some, this was a long time ago, he had some mental issues. And I looked at him, I said, don't you ever do that to me again. What, what, Pastor? You post the love. I said, I do love you. I said, just don't do that to me again. Somebody say authority, because those spirits are bold. 
those spirits will walk right up in your church and do whatever they want to do unless you stop them. Somebody say, I got to stop them. Don't let them come in your house and take over your children. You be the authority. The first time my husband saw liquor in our house from a young person, he went in that room, he went and poured it out, and they come home, you've been in my room, you've been in my room. Yeah, they moved out. I cried as a mama, but I didn't go get them. Authority, you can't live like that in my house. You can't disrespect my house. You can't have alcohol in my house. You can't have drugs and cigarettes all over my stuff because I'm taking authority over you. Yes, I love you. Love don't have anything to do with it. Love don't have anything to do with that. We say we love them. No, that ain't love. That's that's you scared they're going to do something until you give in to them. Love is when you take authority over your house and say, you can't do that in here, son or daughter. I love you. What, what, you throw me out of the house? You can't do that in here. Go, go change that shirt. They come with a shirt with a devil on it. Honey, I love you. Uh, you can't wear that in here. Why, why, why? I, thought, I said, you can't. let's go out here on the porch and talk a minute. How's your life? How's your girlfriend? How's things going? Uh, and then Tuesday or Wednesday, see, this is what we do sometimes. We just be mad at them, be through with them. That's control. That's not authority. That's not wanting to deal with it and look at them and live in victory with it. But see, Tuesday or Wednesday, you call them up. Would you like to come eat supper with us? And you don't bring it up anymore. What did you do? You took authority, but you still loved, right? That's the only way I've ever seen that work in my home. I took authority, but I still loved. Because authority is not separating from them. God is not a separator. But sometimes we do that because we don't want to take authority tomorrow or the next day. So it's easier to get them out of our face. Now you're going to come up against that battle over and over and over till you learn how to live in victory and take authority in the midst of the battle. Not away from the battle, in the midst of the battle. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm going to take my authority today. I'm going to, if my pastor is getting hit by a demon, I'm fixing to go do something about it. I'm, I'm sure y'all did. I'm sure y'all did. I wasn't there. I'm sure you did. She never told me anything except for good over that service. I'm just warning you that if that thing thinks it can come in and do that, it's going to come again. So authority has to go to its house. Dude, one time I was bringing somebody to church a lot, and they fought mama, fought her, fought her, fought her, sit in the pew, fought her, fought her, fought her. She came to me one day and said, would you just go have Bible study with them in their home and quit bringing them? It ain't all about that. It's about ministering to that soul. So somebody said, I got to take care of it in the, in the dark. Maybe it won't come forth out there in the light. Some things you can handle before it becomes public. Amen.